maybe you're a planner listening to this and you're like, man, Details Duo is expensive compared to other people. Now, you know why? Right. We're running a legitimate fabrication business. Yeah. And our prices indicate where we need to be to run a successful, Mm -hmm. profitable business because we're doing this to profit. Yeah. Not to just run a business and not to just buy ourselves jobs. What's up, everybody? Hi, everybody. We're back with episode eight. Episode eight. Digging into the details with the details duo, Brad and Taylor. Mm-hmm. Cool. We're feeling more comfortable with this now. Yeah. I think. This has been a lot of fun for us. Yeah. A little mini series. We'll see if we continue. Yeah. But we are going into wedding season here. So it's uh like mid-September here in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Still a little hot. But it's cooling down, and whenever it starts to cool down... It's when we get busy. It's when we get busy. <laughs> when the weather starts getting nice, that's when uh, yeah. events are happening. So Yeah, so we'll see. I think we're going to try to cap this mini-series at 10, right? I think so. And that's then the we'll uh, recap, go over everything, see if we missed any topics. Mm-hmm. See if we've got enough content for another series. Yeah. But we also have a lot going on. It's true. Once we get into season and then, you know, we just have like a baby coming. Yeah. I mean, that's it. That's it. Nothing big. <laughs> just our first child. <laughs> so, you know, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, it's going to be different, huh? Yeah. Running a business with a baby. I know. But everybody does. Well, not everybody. People do it. Yeah, people do it. We'll be fine. Yeah. I'm actually, I've been telling people, you know, I'm not that nervous about like the lack of sleep when people, people are like, oh, your first kid, you're not mm-hmm. going to get much sleep. Mm-hmm. And whenever they say that to me, I'm like, yeah, but like I start, I've, I've been running my own business for five years. I mean, I can't tell you how many nights I haven't slept. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I look. You thrive off of no sleep. That's how we've gotten through the last couple seasons. Yeah. Unfortunately, or maybe not thrive, but you've survived off of no sleep. No, and that's not a positive. No, I mean we're not bragging, but it's just what it is. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like I look at people and I'm like, yeah, I'm not too worried because I feel like I'm accustomed to like running on very little sleep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, whatever. Everybody does it regardless, but I just feel like I'm a little more prepped because I've done it before. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to handle the stress of running a business. Yeah. It'll just be different stress. Yeah. Are you feeling okay? Yeah. Yeah. Things are better. Things are good. Yeah. You're feeling much better. Enjoying being in my second trimester and... I haven't heard you throw up in a while. Yeah. 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 It's been good. Good. It's been good. Um, so... We'll dig in today's topics. Challenging. Mm-hmm. It's uh, much requested. A lot of you guys have been asking us to do this, and it's about pricing. Mm-hmm. So specifically, pricing custom work. You yeah. know, this is really going to be specific to custom fabrication. You could probably apply it to other categories outside of the wedding industry. It doesn't have to be 
wedding or event specific, but I will say it's going to be really tailored towards custom products Mm -hmm. and specifically custom fabrication. You know, uh, I think we want to start by saying we don't have it figured out. No, I mean, even, yeah, four or five years in of doing custom, custom stuff, it's like... I don't know. I mean, it's sometimes just... we look we look back and we go, man, we really underpriced that. Or, oh, we did okay. Yeah. Or, you oh, know? that was pretty profitable for us. Yeah. But there's just so many factors. Like, I mean, through the years, obviously with the pandemic and cost of materials changing. Um, but I think for us, it's also a lot of times it's the very first time that we're doing something when we get to these larger scale projects. Obviously, we've done... You know, we did our first guest board and then we did multiple. And so we kind of got it figured out. You know, we did a welcome sign and then we did, <laughs> you know, hundreds of welcome signs. Yeah. So then it, it became, um, we, I don't know, more. When you can find the repetition in the products, yeah. it becomes easier to price them. Yeah. But I feel like the reason why so many people ask this question in the custom space is it's just that. It's custom, meaning... Mm-hmm usually generally they have not done that specific thing before they might have done something similar but when you put the word custom in it means that it's you know very specific to the client it's not a product that you're offering off the shelf right so in some ways with that product you're figuring it out as you go along and uh there's no equation for that like there might be for a off-the-shelf product like our guest boards or you know things that we make all the time Mm -hmm. that we know okay we're in a good rhythm we this is a repeat product we feel comfortable with this price we know how to do it we know how long it's going to take us Mm -hmm. and really there's not a whole lot of question marks left yeah versus when we get these requests for custom builds there are a lot of question marks yeah there's a lot of unseen issues Mm -hmm. Um, when you talk about the category of fabrication you are a lot of times you're creating things on the fly Mm -hmm. and you're in progression through the build you're having to figure things out at different steps so you really can't map out everything before you start you almost just have to start and get to the next step before you can figure out, you know, <laughs> yeah. ultimately how you're going to build something. Mm-hmm. So with pricing, I feel like that's why so many people ask us about it. Um, you know, and we appreciate you guys looking up to us in some regard, thinking maybe you, hey, maybe they have it figured out. But I think we want to preface this by saying we don't have it figured out. No. We have our, and we'll share with you kind of what we have. But uh, Are you going to talk about like a formula? Yeah, we have a, a couple formulas yeah. that don't always work. But, and we'll get into it, but when I find myself, because I do most of the pricing, and when I find myself stumped, I usually refer to these formulas. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, we do okay. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. It's a good baseline to go off of. Okay. So here's one specific thing that we need to point out. In our category, being like event or wedding fabricators, 
I feel like you have to take the things that we say uh, and and really mold them into your specific situation because we are going to talk about things specific to our business and in our business we might have uh, costs that you don't even line item you being the person listening who owns mm-hmm. your business you might not even see that line item on your P&L hope you know what a P&L is <laughs> hope you do them but probably not many small business owners do but i think you come from a corporate background so you understand right but when you're doing your profit and loss statement monthly quarterly yearly these categories on there you know that we're going to talk about and i'm going to list them off right now these are specific categories that i know some people out there might not even have on their PL. so specifically if you don't have these things on your PL or you don't have to take these things into consideration, you might make certain adjustments to the things that we're going to talk about. While maybe it's a a formula or the way we price things, it might be totally different for you because you don't have to take these things into consideration. So when I was kind of thinking through this podcast, I'm like, you know what, Let, let me write down the things that I think most small businesses in our category don't have to take into consideration take into consideration (laughs) is that you're gonna say yeah thank you i was drawing a blank the coffee hasn't flown yet this morning this is an early recording session for us so so anyway i'll just jump through it some grace (laughs) so number one overhead um we chose early on to take on space rent overhead Mm -hmm. we and look, everybody's different. Um, I think Taylor and I really get something out of having a space to go to that's not our house to operate business. Mm-hmm. Um, some of you, you know, might do just fine out of your house. One specific thing that I want to point out, and I was talking to a buddy a couple of weeks ago about this, and I was talking to him specifically about our overhead and how much it is and why you know, our prices might be a little inflated um, versus some of our competitors or just in general. And I said to him, yeah, man, it'd be so great if if like we could run this out of our house, right? And I think I just said that kind of loosely because we do really value having a space to go to, but it was more of that, man, it's a big, it's a, it's a big, you know, number, (laughs) Yeah. To have to pay every month. And he brought up a really good point. And he's um, he's a bit older than me and he uh, may be a little bit more knowledgeable in business. And he said, yeah, but you know what? I think you're not thinking about something. You're in the event industry. You're in the wedding industry. That means that you have to deliver a product on a very specific date, right? He goes, with that being said, if you're running this business out of your house... You're running, and he said this, you're running what's called a light industrial business. That means that if you do that in a most residential neighborhoods, to do that properly, you have to have the correct permits, right? And I go, huh, I never thought about that. You know, I kind of just thought about, oh, if we ran this out of our house, we'd save money. Mm-hmm. He goes, yeah, that's a big you know, part of it, but you have to think even deeper if you're really trying to run a legitimate business he goes what happens if you're building someone's 
beautiful display for their wedding and the city knocks on your door and goes, hey, are you doing woodworking out of your house? And you go, yeah. And they go, not anymore. You don't have the proper permits to do this. And I had never thought Mm -hmm. about this before. Yeah. It was always more along the lines of, hey, we could save money if we weren't doing it out of a shop. But he brought this to light. And and maybe, and I'm not saying to those of you listening to this that are doing it out of your house, I'm not, I don't look down on you. I, in a lot of ways, I envy you because (laughs) it would save me a crap ton of money. But I had never thought about this before. So maybe some of you that are listening that are running this out of your house, do your due diligence and see what it takes to correctly run your business out of your house or or wherever you're doing it. Mm -hmm. Because that could be super crucial to the longevity of your business and your reputation. Because when he said that, that was the very first time I had even taken that into consideration. One, because we've never made anything out of our house, right? Mm -hmm. But two, it's just something that never crossed my mind. But it was almost like a huge stressor, even though it, I, I don't have to deal with that stress. But it was a little stressful for me when he said it because I'm like, oh. Yeah, it's like eye-opening. Like, oh, could you imagine being in that situation where you're like mid-build and somebody's wedding is yeah. a few days away and yeah. <laughs> so shut you down? With that being said, again, I'm there's like Can no. Can I interject? Yeah. Didn't somebody once say something about like. I don't know if they were cutting acrylic, but like something about the neighbors, right? Yeah. We've, we've had a couple other vendors that do like a, I don't know, maybe it's a home decor business or, you know, they kind of have the same basic type of machinery that yeah. we do with lasers and printers and yeah. they're more in the decor space versus- Just smaller goods. Events, yeah, yeah, smaller goods. But I think they even encountered running it out of their house. Um and then got complaints from neighbors because was it the woodworking tools or was it the smell of acrylic or I don't even remember what it was, but I know that's always like you know, it, one thing that you don't really think about, but because you are exporting fumes when you operate machinery like that, I mean, it's going into the air and you do also run the risk of yeah, I mean, like when we somebody cut, smelling something and being like, are what they is working that? out of there? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I was going to say when we cut acrylic or wood, on the laser at our shop, everybody in the complex smells it. Yeah. I mean, people jokingly say like, oh, you cut an acrylic today. But I mean, sure. Is it a little bit of a nuisance like for them if they're running a, I don't know, IT business out of that unit next to us? Sure. But at the end of the day, we moved in to a complex that is approved for light industrial use, mm-hmm. woodworking. Um, we have the laser actually in our contract saying that we're going to be laser cutting we're covered right so to that i mean they could complain but the complaint's going to go nowhere it's going to stop wherever it lands because you know while we want to be good neighbors we're approved to be there Mm -hmm. so you know take that into consideration as you're building your business and this is where i'm getting at if you're running the business out of your house it's great make as much money as you can but if you want to look to the future of your fabrication-based business, you need to be pricing things with that in mind. You need to be pricing things, taking taking that into consideration, knowing that, you know what, I need to, I need to probably set myself up for success long-term so that 
you know, the city of Phoenix doesn't come knocking on my door saying, um, Hey, you're not allowed to be painting in your backyard for business. Or are you, you're manufacturing goods out of your house? Like, do you have the proper permits? So I'm not saying I know everything. I, I don't. I'm just saying, do your due diligence, mm-hmm. make sure you're approved to be doing whatever you're doing wherever you're yeah. doing him. I also thought when you were going to, when you um, mentioned that tip, I also thought you were going to say something along the lines of when you're looking towards the future of pricing yourself and maybe keeping in mind that if your goal is to one day have overhead and have your own shop, that you're not, you're setting yourself up to, I guess, get to that level so that, mm-hmm. you know, that pricing could support correct overhead in the future yeah you're almost or like, a staff or what, whatever however you choose to grow the business yeah you almost want to because again this always happens with weddings and events like you're booking projects you know probably a year out six months a year sometimes a year and a half 18 months whatever it is you know but um you always want to think about that with your pricing structure and try mm-hmm. and think do some forward thinking and imagine where is my business going to be? Where do I want it to be? And not just I want a few extra pennies in my pocket, but if you really want to actually grow the business and and work tro- towards those goals, yeah. then, you know, you should keep that in mind with your pricing. It's a great point. Yeah. You don't want to price something now for 12 months out with, you know, no overhead fast forward a Mm -hmm. year now you have overhead you're finally creating that product and it's too cheap and that product specifically doesn't support your overhead Mm -hmm. moving forward yeah so look it just again not i'm not no ill will on anyone running a business out of their house i'm just just some words of advice yeah that i mean to be honest with you a couple weeks ago i wasn't even thinking about Mm -hmm. you know so maybe this will help somebody moving forward um Maybe you could get ahead of it and alleviate some issues because, man, that would be the last thing that I would ever wish on somebody is like (laughs) their operations being shut down mid-build and the wedding is a week out and now they're scrambling trying to figure out where they can finish their build so that they can deliver for their customer. So a couple more things that probably aren't on small businesses lists, Mm -hmm. P&L lists that that we have to take into consideration as we're running, air quotes, a legitimate business, right? We definitely have moved from where I would say is more of like a side business, a side hustle, Mm -hmm. a hobby that makes a little bit of money into something that supports full-time staff, full-time salary for us, right? That's what I say, legitimate business. Mm -hmm. So overhead was number one, insurance, general liability insurance, auto insurance, specifically business auto insurance. I say that because it is significantly more expensive. Like we own a box truck to deliver our product, mm-hmm. right? Smart decision on our part because we got tired of renting trucks, right? However, you have to pay insurance on the truck. So uh, workman's comp. Yeah. If you have employees, you have to have workman's comp payroll taxes, Mm -hmm. Um, maintenance, like facility maintenance, Mm -hmm. just general stuff. Um, You have general taxes too. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody, everybody does, but like, 
but those yeah. are those are just things that like if you guys are listening um and maybe you're again like wanting some help on pricing i just wanted to preface this conversation with we you know we price things with those in mind mm-hmm. so if you're local and maybe you're a planner listening to this and you're like man details duo is expensive compared to other people now you know why right we're running a legitimate fabrication business yeah and our prices indicate where we need to be to run a successful Mm -hmm. profitable business because we're doing this to profit yeah not to just run a business and not to just buy ourselves jobs right that's it yeah so and i don't know that it's necessarily helped us i think we i mean it's it has and it hasn't. It's right. helped us probably personally and feel good about you oh, know, yeah. running the legitimate business. Yeah. But from a planner's point of view who's trying to stay in line with a specific budget and a client's point of view who it's, you know, right. money out of their pocket or their parent somebody's pocket. Right. <laughs> it's money out of somebody's pocket um, that's paying for, you know, these goods and services. Yeah. They don't necessarily care that we have overhead or that we are trying to run a legitimate business. So if somebody is thousands of dollars cheaper, they're like, oh, well, I can get the same thing from them. Why would I not just go with them? It's a one one day event. For sure. It's a one-time build. Like, you know. It's a great point. And while Taylor's right, you know, maybe we didn't set ourselves up for the most success to be competitively priced in the market. Mm Mm-hmm. At least now we know what it takes to run a legitimate business at scale in the wedding and event fabrication category, mm-hmm. right? And we could, I mean, we could open the whole can of worms and tell you, like, on our on our largest year revenue-wise, on our, on our highest year revenue-wise, like, what we took in and what we made. And you'd probably be super shocked to see that, like, you know, it's not at all you see on Instagram, mm-hmm. you know, while we own every piece of machinery that we have, we have zero debt on the business, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's always been something that's been really important we've to been, us. Right. So we've been able to do that through the business, reinvesting in the business. However, I mean, you, we have not gotten rich off of this. Right. And we've worked our asses off. So just (laughs) hey guys if you're out there if you're in the fabrication category in the wedding or events market like you know we're four solid years in like of hustling and grinding and you know maybe if you're just starting out and you're like maybe you've seen us on instagram you're like wow they have a box truck oh my goodness you know like i want to aspire to be them like i'm just here to tell you you know it's it's hard yeah you know and it's not like i mean no we've not gotten rich off of this so the way that we've structured things you know it might be the correct way to do it and i feel like it is the correct way to do it however maybe it's not the most successful way to do it um so that was a little long-winded of an intro (laughs) so But look, guys, I mean, we're trying to add the most value that we can while you're listening. So you throw us in your ear. I mean, you know, sometimes we're going to ramble and hopefully you can like pull some good little nuggets out of this. And that's all we hope. Yeah. And if you're like, gosh, why is Brad talking so much? I want to hear Taylor more. (laughs) 
<laughs> I mean, I don't have much to say no. on this topic because I'm not the one fabricating the items. So I always go to you like, I mean, I know our basic pricing, but, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, hey, the client wants this, this, but then they want to add this. Yeah. And, okay, I hate this. Like when I go to YouTube and, and I like look up something and the person's like, you know, maybe the title is how to price your work and you're looking for like dollars. You're like, how much, right? You're, you're like looking for an equation. This plus this times this mm-hmm. equals this. That's what you should do. Which I think is what everybody's like. Everybody wants this magic number. And I'm going to give right? that to you. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you, you our magic number equation. Whoa, mic drop. Boom. But I'm going <laughs> to string you along a little bit. Oh, no, it's not to string you along. It's just to give you context of, of how we got there, why we got there. And again, hopefully you can pull little nuggets out of it. Because this is all valuable stuff. Like mm-hmm. if somebody would have told me this four years ago, you know, maybe it would have helped me. Not all the time. Yeah. Because um, you got to figure out everything Just on your own. Just some tools to have in your tool yeah. belt. It's not going to solve all, you know, like I said, there's no yeah. magic equation, formula, whatever. Right. But at least if you just have some resources yeah. and some tools to go off of, it might help guide you to better pricing structure. Yeah. I don't know. Or, or maybe maybe it's like making you feel more comfortable as you're pricing your work. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, price value, not time, is huge in our category. A lot of times when I don't know how to price something... I think about like the general value of that item and I'm talking about like somebody throws something out like wacky, you know, that they want for their event that you like can't Google. You can't Google like, I can't think of it, but just- How much does a speakeasy cost? Correct. Great. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, try- I'm building a custom speakeasy. How much should I charge the client? Yeah. So try Googling that. Yeah. I mean, you can't. Like, sorry. So, how much does a speakeasy cost? Maybe I should use a different example because I feel like we always talk about the speakeasy. No, but it's a good. It's it's a. <laughs> you make a good point. We're not trying to plug the speakeasy no. build that we did one time. <laughs> but, but it's just that it's price the value of the item, not necessarily the time. This is just specifically when you really are stuck on something. So, if you're stuck on like, man, I don't. Maybe it's super high cost of goods, but it's not going to take you that long to make. So you can't necessarily like multiply your cost of goods by three mm-hmm. if it's, you know, okay, if the cost of goods are $2,000, but it's going to take you two hours to make it, it's not fair to the client to multiply the cost of goods by three. It's just way overpriced, right? Everybody would say that. But in the same regard, like if you look at the item and you're like, okay, what do I, and this is, I mean, it's you know, it's your perspective but mm-hmm. you're the owner you can you can price it however you want and sometimes this is how i do it i think to myself okay what do i think the value of a custom speakeasy is or would be for somebody's wedding and then i mean that's it that's it i just go okay throw all this other crap out the window how long it's going to take me times this how many labor hours how much material you have to take that into consideration to a certain point to make sure your costs are covered. But I'm talking about profitability on the item in regards to the price comparison. Sometimes I go, okay, what do I think the value of that item is? What do you mean by value? 
what the client's going to get out of it at the end of the day. Like what kind of impact is it, is it going to make on their event? Where I'm getting at is sometimes I'm not necessarily using a calculator for something. I'm just saying, I think the value of this item should be this. That's part of owning your own business. <laughs> okay. All right. If you're one of two people who can make something in Arizona mm-hmm. on that specific date, somebody goes to you and says, I want to speak easy for my wedding. It's really challenging, right? There's like maybe two or three people in the state who are willing to do it, you know, date specific for your wedding. Where I'm getting at this is price. Sometimes you have to price it based on the value of the item. Meaning is it, I mean, is it a commodity? Is it, or is it something that, you know, that customer really wants, but they can't necessarily get everywhere? Yeah. Sorry to say it's probably going to be expensive and it's probably not going to, the price isn't going to be based off of a calculator. Sometimes the price is based off of what I think the value of that item should be. And I think kind of where you're trying to pull this out of me is like, so does that mean that sometimes you're just pricing it really high? Yeah, sometimes. Because I look at the item and I go, dude, like I'm going to like, I'm going to kill myself to make that, you know, I'm not going to go off my calculator. I've never made a speakeasy before. I have no idea. I don't even know how many hours it's going to take. Right. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I price things based on the value of what I think it should be. And maybe I look at maybe the cost of other things that I would say that are similar, but it's hard to do that because what are you, how are you going to price a speak, a custom speakeasy? Yeah. What else is similar to that? You know? So, uh, okay. So if we want to dig a little deeper, like if I was giving a speech <laughs> to a crowd of wedding fabricators, all right, but you are sure. You have your own podcast yeah, platform. But, but if I was giving a speech to a room of wedding fabricators, I would uh-huh. be charging for it. So, well, you know oh. what? You just got a deal then. Think of this as a free class. Mm-hmm. Okay. Free master class by Brad Rose. No, I mean, really, that's as I was like, as I was writing notes for today's podcast mm-hmm. for pricing, I'm like, you know, what? if I was giving a speech to a room of wedding fabricators, what are some things that, and I was in the room listening yeah. to myself. What are some things that I would want to hear from Brad Rosenthal? And one thing that like really came to my mind was in custom work, specifically the wedding industry, never explain your cost to the client. Never. If you tell the client how much something is going to cost, hey, this escort display is going to cost $5,000. And the client comes back to you and says, can you give me an itemized list of Say, you know what I want you to say to them? No, I don't explain my costs to the client, and here's why. We operate on what's called fixed price quoting. We give you the price that it is going to take to create that item, deliver that item for you on your event date. We don't charge you by the hour because, really, it wouldn't be fair. Mm -hmm. You're telling me that if... If it ends up taking me longer to build your display, I get to charge you more? I mean, sure, if you want to operate that way. Right. But what if I tell you that it might take me 40 hours to make your display and you say, okay, but I say, oh, but it might take me 60. So that means that that price just went up by 50%. Mm-hmm. 
you'd, you'd say no. Yeah. Like, so it might, it might cost $5,000 or it might cost $7,500. No, right? That's primarily why we operate off of fixed pricing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, here's something a little more important. We're going to deliver that item to you on your event date, regardless of how long it takes us. This item, custom item that you want us to create will be done and it will be delivered to your wedding Mm -hmm. by 4 p.m. (laughs) When you walk down the aisle, it will be done regardless of how long it takes us to make. That's why we're not going to send you an itemized list of how long it's going to take us, how much it's going to cost, how much it costs to build that item. That's why. That's why me, us at Details Duo, we're not going to tell you how much something costs yeah well and it could also fluctuate between the time that they booked you and the time that you actually go correct to work on their project to build the thing that you're building exactly like materials might have gone up materials might have gone down yeah um you know it's like it it just it would be unfair to both parties yeah if if we operated like a mechanic okay well and also let me preface this because a mechanic generally they they have a book that tells them how long it's going to take to replace the transmission and that's how they price things right mm-hmm. but to that if you go to the mechanic and you say how you know hey my car's broken they come back to you generally with a quote that says line item labor hours line item parts mm-hmm. or in our case material okay then a total well I think a lot of customers for us many times want to see something structured that way. And that's fair. However, we don't operate that way. So everybody listening who's a wedding fabricator, please don't explain your cost to the client. Just tell them this is how much it's going to be. <laughs> and and your price, I'm not saying a, pr- a specific price. I'm just saying mm-hmm. figure out your price. Figure out how much you need to make for that item, and that's the item. Never explain your cost. You don't need to. Yeah. Boom. There you go. You know? Imagine if you asked a wedding planner why they charged you $10,000. Yeah. Hey. Uh, <laughs> okay. I know Chris really loves when we give her shout outs. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> no, I won't. Okay. Yeah. Great point, Taylor. Hey, wedding planner, um, can you itemize your $10,000 fee? Like, no. So, hey, wedding planner, that is, should be, not is, should be advocating for both the client and the vendor that they're hiring 50-50. Please, please don't come to me and ask for an itemized list of how much the display costs. This is just for me. This is just at Details Duo. You know, I'm just asking. I'm talking you. about from the client perspective, though. No, right, but like I'm saying you wouldn't go to your wedding planner and being like, "Why?" And then, sure, or imagine being that planner and like having the client say, "Why are you worth this amount?" And then a wedding exactly. planner, I don't even know how they would craft their response, but I'm sure it wouldn't be positive. Yeah, if you're a wedding planner out there and somebody's asked you to itemize your fee and you've done it, please let us show us how that was broken yeah. down. Yeah. You know. But where I was getting at with my point was, you know, I think if you're a wedding planner listening to this, or if you're just a vendor in general, you can really resonate with what Taylor's saying. 
And so if you're a planner and you can resonate with that and you would go, yeah, I really wouldn't feel comfortable giving a client itemized breakdown of my 10K cost Mm -hmm. to hire me. If the client asks you to get an itemized list back from us of why that escort display costs $5,000, you can ask us because you're advocating for your client, but please don't take it personal when we tell you no. Mm Mm-hmm. And just understand why. And that's exactly why. Yeah. That this, wedding planner isn't going to charge their client extra because they texted them five times in one day versus... You know, I don't think you so. You know, it's like... I don't think so. I would... Th- if you say yes, I think you're probably lying. I'll call you out. I, I would I would say you're. I'd have a hard time believing you if you notate every single minute or hour that you spend on the client. And if you do... Mindy Weiss, if you. you're out there and you <laughs> itemate, and I don't think you do, but if you end up listening to this <laughs> and you do that, maybe that's why you're so successful. But I don't think you do. Yeah. I think I think you go into it and you say, hey, I think, oh, hmm, price your value, huh? Mm-hmm. I think I'm worth this much based on my skill level, my knowledge, that my craft, right? Yeah. Oh, I think I'm worth X. This is my fee. Hmm. Price your value, not your time. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. But also that means I'm not going to sit there and itemize how long it's going to take me to do something. Sure. Should you do that on the back end for future bids? Yes. That's being a good business owner. Mm -hmm. That's looking into the future. But where we're at, no, we're not going to give you an itemized list of how much things cost. Yeah. So Again, long-winded, but I really feel like if I was given a speech, I would say that, you know? Yeah. Um, It's good. You got anything else before I give the people the meat and the potatoes? No, give the people the meat and the potatoes. Because that's what they're here for. You're here for the meat and the potatoes of how to price your things in the wedding industry, specifically. Custom builds. Your custom builds. Your speakeasies. Okay. <laughs> okay. When I, I go, when I, when I go into something, um, when I, when I sit down and start to price something, <clears throat> generally I want to make 20 to 25% profit at the end of the day on that item for the business. So at the end of the year, if we brought in half a million dollars, right? Top line. I want the profit on that to be $125,000. That's my goal. Doesn't always happen. But generally when I'm pricing things, I'm pricing things so that after everything is paid, we're making 20 or 25% profit on that item. There's some meat and potatoes. Okay, that might not be an equation and we'll get to that, but that is a very simple way that you can price things. You should want to make a certain amount of money at the end of the year. For your business. I'm not saying you personally. Your business should be paying you a, a, an hourly wage or a salary, right? You should be getting paid yes. from the business. But more importantly, your business itself should be profitable. I mean, when you watch Shark Tank, I think the biggest letdown is when people go up there and talk and then the sharks, you know, want to know their revenue mm-hmm. and they go, oh, well, we're not profitable. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not profitable. That means that the sharks as an investor, they're not making any money. Like, okay, 
that person standing up there that's the owner, they might have made a hundred grand that year because the business paid them a hundred grand, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean the business is profitable. Right. So you should know that one of the most important things in running a business is how profitable you are, right? Long term for scale, at scale for longevity. Look, if you're just running your business and it's just you or you and your spouse or you and your sister, friend, whatever, and you guys just want to pay yourself and you guys just want to buy yourself a job, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm talking specifically about owning and operating a business at scale and wanting to grow the business for for future generations. That's what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. You should be pricing your stuff not only with not only paying yourself, but making sure that the business is profitable. So just an easy one for us. Again, when I'm struggling with pricing, I have my costs. I have my labor, which is in costs, but I'm talking about more specifically, I have my cost of goods. I have my labor. I have miscellaneous. Miscellaneous might be how much does it take for our business to run day to day? You know, uh, how much is our rent? Divide that by 30 or 31. Well, okay, that's how much it costs us per day to be in these units, right? Mm-hmm. Utilities. Utilities. So you have your costs. You have every how much it's going to cost you to make that item. You should know and then add 20%. There's your, there's your cost. That's how you value or price your item easily you know, or that's how you can easily price your item if you're stuck on something. But you got to know your costs to do that. So here's another guesstimate. There's a pretty large company here based in Tempe, and they work in the custom sector, primarily for corporate events, but at large scale, like Super Bowl, everywhere, right? Some of you might know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to say the name. But sometimes they price things based on a hourly rate per person. So they have their costs broken down into how much it costs them to pay each employee per hour with profit baked in. And I'll tell you what that number is. It's $90 an hour per person. So again, if you need a guesstimate, you could use the way they price things. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do we use this, but sometimes it comes up. They look at it a project and they might go, okay, we're pretty confident that it's going to take about 40 man hours. Break that up however you want. Two people working 20 hours each, four people working 10 hours each, however you want to break it down. This product is going to take 40 labor hours to make. Well, what they do is they do... 40 labor hours times $90 an hour, and that's the cost of that product. So there's another equation for you guys that you can use and take. But again, you're going to need to know your costs. So theirs might be $90 per person or per labor hour, right? Ours might be 75. Yours might be 50. It really all depends on how much it costs you to run your business. So if you have lower, lower overhead excuse me, your per person cost on your labor hour might be cheaper. If you have higher overhead, it might be more. If you have super high overhead, but you have really high product volume, or you're really busy, maybe your labor hour is cheaper, because 
you take in more jobs and that gets spread out amongst all of the jobs and you can provide a a more cost-effective product if that's what you want to do. You can be more competitive in the category. So there's a second way that you can price your work. Figure out how much it costs you, and maybe you have employees, you should be doing this. How much does it cost you to employ that person? And don't just say how much their hourly wage is, because it's not. If you if you say how much it costs you, if you say the employee's hourly wage and that's how much it costs you to employ that person, you don't know your numbers. Mm-hmm. If you pay somebody $25 an hour and you're pricing a job with that person helping you and you're pricing it at $25 an hour, you're automatically losing money if you're running your business correctly. Mm-hmm. Because you know what? On top of the $25 an hour, you're paying payroll taxes. You're paying workman's comp. Oh, if they are driving one of your vehicles, you're paying a higher premium on your insurance. Those are just a few to name. So maybe you want to add 20% to the $25 an hour, right? Then you want to add in how much it costs you to operate that day. All of these things are needed to take into consideration when you're pricing the work. That just makes sense. Okay, can I get a drum roll, Taylor? Okay, good enough. Here's what everybody... (laughs) wants to know they want to know they want to know actual dollars right or they i mean i think they do well yeah i think what people normally ask about pricing okay that's what they're getting at all right how much does this person charge how much does this person charge so for a four by eight wall or what's commonly considered a flat in our industry just simple four by eight wall that you can prop up as an escort display right i'm not talking about anything that goes on it I'm just talking about the wall. We charge $750 for that wall painted. That's it. No no frills, just the wall. And here's how we get there. It costs us internally $600 to manufacture that wall from start to finish. And I'm talking materials. So that's wood screws, glue, pin nails, air, electricity for the air compressor. Probably weren't taking that into consideration, right? (laughs) Paint, primer. Uh, Oh, we sand the primer before we spray the top coat. So there's sandpaper in there, right? Okay. It costs us $600 to build that wall. We want to make 20 or 25% on every product that we produce. So that wall is now $750. That's it. That's what you guys came here for, right? (laughs) So that's how we price our stuff. Um, Hopefully through that you gain some knowledge Mm -hmm. (laughs) or you, I guess, got what you came here for. And while it might not have been as direct as you thought it was going to be, I'm sorry, I don't think it can be because everybody is different. However, maybe you can take some of the things that I said and plug your own costs into them and it'll make a little more sense for you. Yeah. So if you have any other questions when we post this episode, shoot us a DM. We would be more than happy to help you on anything that we feel comfortable helping you with. We're not going to divulge everything. We're not going to peel the curtain back all the way. Um, (laughs) But we're always happy to help. And, uh, yeah, 
we're still learning. And I'll say too, for the 750, I think it's a good baseline for our projects. And oftentimes a four by eight wall is on the smaller side of some of the displays that we do, but it's a good foundation to kind of build off of. Or if you're doing an eight by eight wall, now you have two four by eights. So obviously you're multiplying that by two. So, and then the builds just get bigger and bigger. And so um, maybe if you use that as a baseline, or that's at least how we, I think, kind of use or structure it. Yeah, I don't know. Ultimately, pricing is like, it's a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> I don't know. I think you had a good point. And it's... Well, there's just, there's never going to be like a magic number. Like, it's so many vendors in our industry have different pricing. You might be a full service planner at $4,500, $4,500. You also might be a full service planner at $10,000 plus a percentage of the entire event. Mm-hmm. Such a big gap, yeah. but the same category. You're both planners, right? Okay. Right. You're both full service planners, right? Okay. You just have different value adds. Mm-hmm. Not one person isn't necessarily pricing themselves incorrectly. You're just pricing yourself based on the value that you think you add. And I think the most important thing is, are you pricing yourself for sustainability? Mm-hmm. Because you also have to take into consideration your circumstances, which I think was like the main point that we were addressing a little bit in the beginning was you want to price yourself so that you can account for overhead or, you know, if you have a family that, you know, you're the primary breadwinner and you need this project because you need to, <laughs> frankly, feed, feed your kids and put food on the table at home. Like, yeah. whatever the whatever is worth it to you in order to pay your bills and hopefully still make some money and profitability in the end, then that's what your price needs that's to what be. Your so price we're not is. really here to say, I mean, yes, of course we would love that there's a standard in the industry because clients often do shop around. And so if we're up here and you know, you're a competitor and you're down here, nine times out of 10 clients choose the lower price because they don't really understand the difference maybe of the value or right. whatnot. But so yes, of course it, we would feel better if, you know, things were more equal Yeah. Um, with competitive pricing, but it really, at the end of the day, it has to be about what, what's it worth to you. For sure. Right? I think it's a great point and I think we'll leave it at that really. Um, we appreciate you guys listening. We hope you got some value out of this. We're happy to share. And uh, till next time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.